Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Sean McCormick. You can find me on Instagram at McCormick. You can find me on Instagram at Optimal Performance Podcast. Please do yourself a favor. Go get yourself some discounts. Get some discounts. Go to OptimalPerformancePodcast.com and shop all of the cool products that I've cultivated for you guys to get at least 15% off. Uh, from all these amazing products, uh, go check it out. In today's episode, we're joined by Dan DeBon, who is the author of Radiation Nation, and he is a globally recognized expert in the field of electronic emissions, especially you know like EMFs and radiation that comes from especially mobile devices, laptops, tablets, cell phones, your Wi-Fi router. His background as an engineer for over 30 years in the telecom industry really sort of informed his awareness of just how detrimental EMFs are. And we've talked about this before in the podcast, like with back a couple episodes ago with LAMS, the EMF shielding underwear. And we go even deeper in this episode, what it does to your brain, what it does to your heart. Fascinating episode, like packed with tons and tons of great information. Uh, We talk about 5G. We start the conversation talking about a connection, if there is one, between 5G and the coronavirus. You've probably seen conversations out there about 5G and coronavirus. You definitely know what 5G is by now. If you don't, you are living underneath a rock. I don't know how you're listening to this episode. Um, But we also talk about why other countries have halted the rollout of 5G. We talk about what it means to be electrical, electrically sensitive, hypersensitive. We talk about how you can minimize EMF exposure at home. We talk about the problems with wearing trackers, aura rings, whoop straps, you name it. All these things that you're wearing on your wrists or on your fingers that are pinging your cell phone 24-7. What's the problem there? There's lots of problems there. We talk about why and how children are more susceptible to EMF damage, and that's scary for me with kids. Uh, we talk about um, how 20% of the of the population is electric hypersensitive, and 80% of those are women. We talk about specific ways that you can actually minimize EMF exposure, really simple stuff. And for me, um, I've talked about this before, but I'm moving, I'm moving out to the country, changing my life. And we're picking up and we're heading out and uh, I'm going to outfit my home with Ethernet cables so that I don't have to use my Wi-Fi quite as much because this is not going to go away. EMF exposure, the rates of cancerous tumors in your prefrontal cortex and in your heart, they're just, they're very obvious now. And um, we should all take precaution. This is the type of thing, this is not to scare you, but this is like, hey, be informed, know what's going on and do something about it. Really, really fascinating information in this podcast, and I cannot wait to share it with you. Also, what's in it for you? Part of the coolest thing that I get to do for you is to give you guys discounts on products that I really like that will make sense for you to biohack yourself, protect yourself. So if you go to defendershield.com forward slash OPP, you get 20% off, 20% off. It will automatically apply if you go to defendershield.com forward slash 
OPP. They have these headphones that I am now using, actually wearing right now, that uh, are no EMF exposure. Um, the wires are wrapped in a special um, a material that protects EMF exposure. Obviously, you, you should not be listening. You should not be having your cell phone up to your head. Never again. Don't do it. They also have other products like laptop shielders, grounding blankets that actually protect you from EMF exposure just as a blanket. Uh, really, really fascinating. He talks sort of anecdotally about some of the people who have used these products and like gotten rid of migraines and been able to sleep better. It's uh, really, really fascinating products, really impactful, and they're effective. Uh, so go to defendershield.com forward slash OPP for 20% off some of these products. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Blocks. As you well know, as you well know, blue light and the exposure to blue and green light at night is screwing with your sleep. It's keeping you awake. It's making you more stressed out than you need to be. Go over to blueblocks.com and use the code OPP. They just rolled out these Lumi light bulbs. They are fascinating. Blue Blocks has spent 12 months researching and developing these two optimal light bulbs to transform your light environment. So what these do, it eliminates 100% of all blue and green light between 400 and 580 nanometers, allowing you to unwind in the evening and prepare your body for sleep. They basically have two versions. One is called the Lumi Summer Glow and it's yellow, and one is called Lumi Sleep, and you use that one at night after the sun goes down to protect your circadian rhythm. You know, I've said it before, blue blocking glasses are, are my favorite biohacking device. It's my favorite technology because it's so easy to use. You just, you know, I put on my Sleep Plus glasses at night when the sun goes down. My quality of sleep is better. I'm ready for sleep at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock like a normal human being instead of staying up until 2 o'clock. And I can still look at screens because we're all looking at screens at night. That's just the way it goes. So go to blueblocks.com and use the code OPP for 15% off. This episode is also brought to you by Natural Stacks. My favorite nootropic of all time is Neurofuel, and uh, it used to be called Siltep, now it's called Neurofuel. It is an all-natural, four-ingredient nootropic that makes you smarter, that makes you remember stuff better, gives you better uh, mental focus, and for longer periods of time. You know, I don't know if you're like a lot of people that I talk to, especially coaching clients of mine who are experiencing this sort of lull, like they can't, they can't really focus, they're not sure where to start, they're not being productive. Uh, in a time where you really could benefit from a little bit of help um, focusing. And so uh, Neurofuel is, like I've said a thousand times, my absolute favorite favorite nootropic to use. And I don't use it every, every day, obviously. I use it like three or four days a week, but it is massively effective. It is absolutely like my favorite. And I've tried, I mean, like I've tried all the nootropics and uh, Neurofuel is certainly my favorite. So go to naturalstacks.com and use the code OPP20 for 20% off any online purchase. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot wait to release this episode. I'm gonna keep talking about 5G. I'm gonna keep talking about EMFs because it is the type of thing that we are all going to be increasingly exposed to, especially if we're sitting in our house. This will give you some practical tips to help you not just like radiate yourself all day, every day. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Daniel Debon. And we're here with Daniel Debon, who is the founder of Defender Shield and also the author of Radiation Nation. He's been on an incredible podcast and I have had so much fun researching our guest today, Daniel, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. 
Sure, and thanks so much for inviting me. I'm really excited about sharing sort of what electromagnetic radiation is and how it has a part in our life. So thank you again for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, we, we have we have had a little bit of chit-chat before we turned the microphones on, and I want to go right for the jugular. I want to I <laughs> go big fast to set the stage. Um, there are folks out there who are making the connection between 5G and the coronavirus, and there's various ways that they sort of explain this, and you obviously have such great awareness of of, of the dangers of 5G, what it is, how it is, uh, and you have uh, uh, an opinion, uh, an informed opinion about, about that sort of connection that some people are making. Can we start with just that question? What, if any, is the connection between the rollout of 5G and the coronavirus? Uh, Sean, that's a good place to start. <laughs> the reality of it is, it's absolute nonsense. There is no scientific, medical, or techno technological detail evolution of 5G that could trigger a, a virus within the biome of, the, of, the, uh, of our stomach. There is no uh, linkage between the transmission rates of the 5G technology and that kind of substantial influence on our body. In fact, almost all the 5G that's been out there deployed worldwide is all what they refer to as six gigahertz, sub six, sub six gigahertz. Sub six gigahertz is the stuff that's been around for the last 50 years. Um, when you listen to AM radio, it's now that same area is being used by 5G. They call it 600 megahertz uh, to 900 megahertz. Almost everything you hear about today in 5G that's been deployed is well, well below what people are characterizing as dangerous to our bodies. So if it's not deployed at the higher rates where everyone's worried, there certainly practically couldn't be any problems with our body because this stuff that we're talking about mostly around us has been around for 50 years. Now, let's talk about what 5G and the potential dangers are that a lot of research scientists are worried about. And that's above the six gigahertz range, above sub six gig, they call it. And that's where the signals are gonna be somewhere around 200, uh, 20 mega gigahertz to about 90 gigahertz. That's really, really, really fast stuff. Um, let me explain to you what a gigahertz is. Uh, it, it, when you have a, a, a wiring in your, your walls, uh, there's a electromagnetic radiation that's emanating from that. That's 60 hertz. That's 60 cycles per second coming out of your wall. When you talk about gigahertz, you're talking about, like, for example, 20 gigahertz is 20 billion cycles per second. So the waves are going really, 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 really fast. So th there's some concern that that high, high, high speed is going to be negatively influencing our bodies. Um, and there's a little bit of truth to we don't know what it's going to do. Why? We haven't deployed 
we it's not out there in any mass for us to actually have any understanding of it and it's really only going to become predominant when you have a self site in front of your house they call that a small cell site that small cell site will transmit probably where you live somewhere around 20 gigahertz that 20 gigahertz signal will go 750 feet that's it hmm. it can't go very far and the sub six as an alter uh, alternative view they can go up to five miles but the two, two, 20 to 90 gigahertz they only can go 750 feet so that's one of the first problems every 750 feet you're going to have a uh, 5G cell tower transmitting roughly, as I said, in your area, 20 gigahertz. Um, so that's a, a, a collection we've never seen in your ho home environment before. So there's a lot of transmitters all around you. So that is more than ever uh, th th than we had in the past. It's really, really much faster. And because it only goes 750 feet, they have to have two transmitters transmit to the cell phone. They have to have two transmitters going to your laptop. It's not just one signal that has to get there. It's actually two. They call that beaming and multi-in, multi-out. That constant load is not a good thing for our bodies, we don't think. But there's no way anyone complain, can claim that there's a link between the virus because no one has any data whatsoever in the industry. I'll give you an example. Like when you and I are back in college, we went and we were protesting, and someone had a gun. It looked like a, a small gun, and they 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 raid us with this gun, and it was for crowd control. They were using a 90 gigahertz transmission on those devices. That connects to the uh, the um, the the uh, sweat glands of your body. It's like a, a coil that is attracting the signal. And you get really, really hot at 90 gigahertz from that signal, right? And that's why you and I ran, because we were hot. So we know there are negative body impacts at these higher, higher rates. But we certainly don't have any sort of direct link between the coronavirus and, for that matter, any other virus. Now, you may have heard in some of the publications, they talk about immune being suppressed. Well, guess what? Sub six, your immune is suppressed. We, we know that from research. So there is a level of suppression. And as you know, uh, Sean, when, when, when you have a suppressed immune, you're talking about 80% of the immune system out of your gut. So there is some implications to immune, but certainly never to the point where ever we've seen a growth as a result of exposures. We see propagation of uh, the bacteria and virus, I call them the bugs in the, uh, the body, they, they feel comfortable propagating. So they grow a little bit faster, they grow a little bit more, but it certainly doesn't create it. Hmm. So we are worried about 5G, particularly at the higher rates, because we know that's the kind of influence it's gonna have. But in no way can any scientific-based uh, uh, person state that there's a link. 
There is absolutely none. So, so the folks that are making claims about Wuhan being the first, you know, the first community to roll out this higher level 5G, coincidentally being the origin right. of the coronavirus, and 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 now there's additional information that suggests it wasn't bats; it actually did come from a lab. Like coincidental, or you know, it's, it's absolutely totally coincidental. I've actually seen someone actually go ahead and show all the places in which around the world there's been these deployment of 5G. And they conclude that that must be the link we need. Almost every one of them is six sub. It's the stuff's been around for so long. There is extraordinarily unlikelihood that there's a link between any of those kinds of things. It's purely coincidental, purely coincidental. Hmm. And by the way, I'm not convinced you'll ever see. You'll see a suppression of our immune, just a little bit more than we get today. But you're certainly not going to see the body all of a sudden start generating a virus and bacteria that never existed before. It's just not in the human body response. Mm. Well, thank you for clarifying that. Thank you for setting, setting us straight because – we're all out looking for information and data to be informed consumers right. to protect ourselves and there there's i mean this is a conspiracy theories like dream come true yeah. Yeah. um across across the world of looking looking at these connections so then when it comes to well, before before we continue on with it, with five G, because I, I do want to stay there for a little bit. There's I'm there's so many different directions I I'd like to take this, <laughs> and I'm excited to. Um, but before we continue on talking about five G, can you tell us share with us how you how you came to be in this industry, where your where your experience and your knowledge has come from, sort of your your origin story. So, uh, Sean, um, quite a number of years ago. I began my career in Bell Labs. Bell Labs was the um, the brain center of the Bell system. We actually were responsible for deploying technology and the evolution of that technology. My specific responsibility was to define standards in the industry. I actually had myself and my staff we actually created telecommunication standards. And then as a result of that, we'd have vendors that would come to us and we'd analyze their technologies to make sure that in fact they were compliant with the standards. So I was considered, and my organization was considered sort of the experts in telecommunication. Uh, as a result of the role we had. So I had many, many years of experience in telecom and the evolution of the telecom, straight from the analog to the highly complex digital space. So my career spanned quite a number of years in this area. Ironically, Sean, when I was doing it, I used to think about electromagnetic radiation from one device interfering with another electronic device. We call that crosstalk. I never thought there would be a direct link between electromagnetic radiation and a person. I wasn't worried about it. Quite naive, in fact, as I look back in my career. 
We, we knew there was an influence of one device against the other because it's a physical energy that's being transferred from one thing to another thing. So it, um, we, we knew we had to design things so that wouldn't occur, but I never thought a human being would be influenced until probably about uh, 10, 11 years ago. Um, I had uh, not been in the labs for a few years and, um, uh, the family was sitting around. My sons had their laptops on their laps for hours. And my wife says she wants grandchildren. You may have heard me tell this story. And, and so, um, I said that the power levels are too low. You know, you, you, I can't feel it. It's just too low. They can't be influential. Well, um, I sort of paused a tiny bit. And I said, well, let me take a quick look. And I started looking at some of the research at the time. And I was actually pretty stunned. For years, there had been research and study, well, well-structured research and study that showed direct correlations between electromagnetic radiation and how the body's responding. So that's actually how I got more involved in this area. And I, I really feel like, uh, you know, because of my background, I was able to help bring understanding of the really technology side to the medical community. And believe it or not, you know, we talked about before about uh, Radiation Nation and the introduction. I wrote that because I was so frustrated. The research side wasn't talking to the medical community. The medical community wasn't talking to the public. So there, this wonderful work's being done, showing very accurate scientific study work, yet none of us knew. Mm. In fact, the you know, as I mentioned, um, it started with my sons and their laptops on their lap, and that's when I found out even back then, after three or four hours, 25% of the male sperm is immobile. Uh, 2%, 2% of females that have that exposure have become tumors, of which a small portion of that becomes cancerous. So all of a sudden I started looking at all this data that was around and said, holy crap, this is sort of like pretty serious, so we better understand it as a whole because, Sean, you and I are not going to take a, a, a rocket ship to the moon to escape electromagnetic radiation, yet over the last 10 years, it went from almost nothing in our lives to everyone, including six-year-old kids, walking around with cell phones in their hands. So now it's actually in our lives, and we have to sort of think about how we want to address that, including 5G. You, it's not to, you're, not, you're not to run. You need to manage your environment, and that's what we'll talk a little bit about today. Right, right. So when your wife said, hey, I want grandkids, she sort of made made an intuitive comment on the, right. about the fact that you're holding this massively powerful thing right in your lap, uh, yeah. and and then that sent you digging. But your initial re your initial response was, well, it's not it's not hot enough, right? It was a temperature right. thing rather than an, an EMF thing when you first thought about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's funny. You, you said uh, a, 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 a temperature thing. Let's talk a tiny bit about why you said that. Um, electromagnetic radiation, um, in, in the wall, it's called uh, extremely low frequency emissions. The, the stuff that comes off when there's a current flow um, from anything operating in your house that's electrically plugged in. And that's, e, that's ELF. ELF, yes, that's right. And then everything else, like 5G, is RF, radio frequency, 
um, radio frequency stuff is the Wi-Fi, the Bluetooth, the cell connection. Uh, th that, that space is called radio frequency. Typically, in our environment today, up to about uh, 5.6 megahertz, uh, gigahertz, excuse me. Uh, Wi-Fi is up to 5.6 gigahertz. And so all that stuff is known as a thermal emission. Thermal emissions are a microwave. When, when, when you have a piece of meat and you put it in an oven, a microwave oven, and you turn it on, the water between the cells is actually heating up. And it's oscillating the cells, and those oscillating cells heat up just by the action of uh, uh, rubbing against each other. And so all radio frequency emissions are microwave emissions, and they have a thermal component. But as we'll talk about uh, throughout this uh, chat today, Sean, is we're not worried so much about the thermal. We're really worried more about the biological. There, there, it, what we're finding in the research side of this is that there's far more biological impacts, far more influence to the body because of the biological impacts, not the thermal. And most of the research done today almost ignores the thermal because it has a, such a short role in influencing a cell and the damage to the cells. So, so now as the, as the focus turns away from, from RF to EMF as a focus, just because the damage is, is much more drastic, right? Um, yep. uh, yeah. Um, well, let, let's, let's talk a little bit about, about what the, some of the research was that, that you found. You, you said that, that it reduces sperm count within, did you say 45 minutes or did you say four hours? Three, three, three to four hours, which uh, is everybody and, every day, every right by by boys included, right? right. And so, like, um, and and then all of a sudden, as time's been going on, there's these young couples that go to clinics and they say we can't have babies. So it's not just the temporary known condition of influence to the sperm. But it's the long term that's also playing a role. And there's been a serious worldwide drop in the ability to make babies. At the same time, you have teenage boys and girls, for that, for that matter, walking around with cell phones in their pants within less than a foot of, of very, very highly sensitive parts of the body. And so we do see trending where it's far more than three or four hours, 25%. It is more of a, 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 you know, almost an infidelity that's occurring as a result of the exposures. Yeah. So, uh, so with your experience at, at Bell Labs and, and designing, figuring out how to how to make things, you know, best practices, how things work, uh, and and forgive me for simplifying, um, then this sort of light bulb moment where your wife says, "Hey, there, they, quit get quit doing that," and then you go and and do the research. What, what, what did you, once you were found th that there actually was a fair bit of research that was explaining, uh, you know, the, the potential negative effects uh, or the proven negative effects of EMF exposure, what, what did you do next? What was, the, what was the next thing that you did besides freak out and like, ah! 
Well, actually, I'm a mechanical engineer by trade, even though I was in the electrical world for my whole career. I was a mechanical engineer. So I knew how to build a barrier. I actually designed um, materials where we could actually prevent uh, RF signal passing through a device and passing through to the body. So I actually built it for my sons. Um, and then their friends liked it and their friends' friends liked it. And all of a sudden I began building shielding products for a lot of devices that we find in our life today. So it was actually um, preservation, uh, our own preservation. I also knew, by the way, and uh, we, we were talking about this before, that the power levels are very, very low. So, like, the danger really was when it was in their groin. As a cell phone, the danger is when you have it directly to your head. If, if you're like one to two foot away, 80% of the danger of that signal is gone. Four foot away, 98. So like we began practicing distance and time, right? All of a sudden, if you're, if you're using a cell phone for three minutes a day, who cares? You'll live to be an old man and bug your wife forever. But uh, if you use for hours at a time, that constant use accumulates and after 10 years or so you're three times more likely to get frontal lobe cancer than the average person as a result of use so there is there's things you can do to minimize exposures one is shielding others watch your time and watch your distances and we'll talk a little bit more about all those kinds of things simple things you can do to protect yourself that doesn't cost you anything yeah i i'm 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 going to, I'm going to pick your brain as we, as we move through, cause I'm about to move. Um, I'm about to move from the suburbs out to the country a little bit. And as a podcaster and a remote life coach, um, I need to have faster internet. I need to be able to record these yep. podcasts and to get them out right. to the world and, and consult with people. And I'm just beginning to think about how the electricity in my house is set up. How dirty is it? How much exposure do I have? And I'm going to want to talk. We're going to, I'm going to talk. I want to talk about what's going on in the room that you're sitting in. I want to talk about the headphones that you're wearing because I, because I recognize them. Um, but so before we get, before we get to all of that, um, I have a, I have a different question. So why isn't, why isn't the government um, doing anything? Um, in all industries, uh, the pharmaceutical industry, the uh, chemical industry, the experts that can regulate with some understanding of those subject matter tend to come from the industry itself. Um, and so... Historically, and to this day, when you talk about the governance, the governance of government in the um, radio frequency space, you're talking about engineers that I used to work with that literally went from Bell Labs to the FCC. Brilliant engineers. Not one of them was a medical background. There was nobody who understood the impact to a cell. 
And that's not that unusual. So we have the natural evolution of the standards bodies that, that are governed by the FCC, the Federal uh, Communications um, of the government. And by and large, they're the engineers of the community uh, of engineers that do this kind of work. So that's sort of like a starting point. And then, of course, you have a little bit of the politics that plays into it. Like the, the head of, we'll talk about 5G. Um, the, the head of uh, a consortium that represented all the cell carriers um, was an a individual chairman and CEO of the consortium for maybe 15, 20 years. And then he got promoted to become the chairman of FCC. So it was almost like the chicken, the fox in the hen house, because he represented the industry. And now he was uh, defining the standards of the industry. And he was the one who approved 5G mm. without any study whatsoever. And he felt compelled to run the argument that it had to be done for the society. Uh, we can debate if it's true or not. We can debate if that's a fact or not. But uh, but but those were the jobs he had. <laughs> mm. and, the, and this is what the FCC action was. Um, and um, like pharmaceuticals, there's almost so much you can believe. And then you really have to make sure that you think about it thoroughly for yourself as it applies to yourself. And that's true for cell phones. That's true for any device around us. You should really think about it because because of that incestuous relationship, there's a little bit of question about compromise that's going on in these in these uh, government facilities. Interestingly enough, I'm I'm jumping on you. That's good. Um, the 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 um, one federal government went to among the section of the government went to another. The the National Toxicity Program was a division of the federal government, and they said, please look into if cell phones are dangerous. And so they spent like three. Uh, $30 million. And they ran a study for 10 years, an epidemiology study. And the epidemiology study was somewhat important because it was statistically significant. In other words, the populations were so big that they could make a claim that said like 95% sure what these results are, are fact. So the National Toxicity Program, the NTA, they did this study and they took all these cell phone transmitters and they put this in a controlled environment and they watched the life cycles of the ep epidemiology patients in the, in the rats, uh, uh, mice. And this is what they came out with. They found that there was a statistically significant increase in frontal lobe and a statistically significant increase in heart cancers. So that's where all the other evidence going on the research side was now being substantiated by epidemiology. And, and Sean, I'm, I'm sure you know, epidemiology has been the bellwether for us for the last hundred years. It, it points to where we should really be paying attention because, um, you know, I often tell the story, um, if it wasn't epidemiology, what we'd have to do is take 
10,000 children, lock them into a room, radiate them for 10 years, and then we'll take another 10,000 kids, have them eat organic food and drink healthy water, and then see who dies and compare the populations. In other words, we're never going to do human um, because there's obvious inherent danger. So we use epidemiology to lead us. So unfortunately for the FCC, another arm of the government said there's a direct link and it's statistically significant. And then, and then sort of, I think a year or two later, there was a Ramazzotti study out of uh, Italy where a consortium of researchers got together and they did their own epidemiology study, literally came out with the same results. Huh. So like, wow, how, how could that happen? You know, so there's more and more evidence, clear evidence that there are direct links and there's debates about it. You know, is it real or not? How could they conclude those? Look at how they studied this and look at how they studied that. But when you look at those broad studies and compare it to the all the other thousands and thousands of study reports. And then you go above that and you look at the metadata. You don't look at the individual study work. You look at all the individuals and you combine it above. The metadata says the same thing. Hmm. So we're, we're getting pretty confident that we know, you know uh, without little doubt, that there's direct correlations between exposures to RF, radio frequency, and the human body's response. Hmm. You know, like the gut, for example, you know, we were talking about that a little bit before, right? As you know, you, there are 10 times more bugs in the gut than there are cells in the body. So when you start screwing around with the, the, the biome within the, the, the gut itself, um, there could be a lot of um, unpredictable results as a result of that stimulant that that we know RF does to the human body. Yeah. I think I, I want to clarify the distinction between, like in this example, you're using RF instead of EMF. Um, can, can we clarify again the distinction within the studies that you've seen and the damage and the risks between RF and EMF? Okay. Yeah. We, we, said, we, we talked about extremely low frequency, ELF, and we talked about radio frequency, or also called microwave. All of them are electromagnetic radiation. It's a general umbrella that covers all of those things, and, and, including uh, including um, visible light. You know, we haven't talked about it yet, but um, you have to be worried about visible light. For example, when you go out in the sun. Um, and you, you get sunburned, that's ultraviolet light that is interacting with the cells of your epidermis. And it's literally has the potential for changing the cell to become cancerous, melanomas, for example. So guess what? Blue light is right next to ultraviolet light. So it almost has the same power levels of ultraviolet light. And that's why we tend to be worried a little bit about the visible light, particularly the blue light that couldn't be dangerous to us. Yeah. Um, when you talk about above ultraviolet, we typically x-ray, gamma rays, all this 
really, really, really fast stuff that we know is really, really dangerous, that's electromagnetic radiation. There's nothing different. That fits in that umbrella. Got it. And and with with uh, X-rays, the the reason um, when you go to the dentist and and they put this lead thing on you mm-hmm. and they had this thing uh, directed towards your teeth, they run out in the other room, push a button, and they look and see if you're still there after the button went, was because it is ionized radiation. So it's electromagnetic radiation that's ionizing the electron of the cell. In other words, it can hit the cell uh, electron so hard, it can knock it out of orbit and charge it. That's why they call that ionizing. Mm. Um, When we talk about ultraviolet, that's the cusp between ionized and non-ionized radiation. Non-ionized radiation is everything we've talked about today. Even though those power levels are not hard enough to knock the electron out, the breakdown of the cell is using different mechanical ways of breaking down as a result of those exposures. Mm. So so you've explained how the situation that we're in now in in North America or the United States, um, why why we don't know, why this isn't common knowledge that 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 EMFs and RFs are 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 harmful. So what about these other nations who are outlawing outlawing 5G? Uh, who who are they? How did they get that done? Is that something that that would e- that's even conceivable for for us in the states? Well, um, there have been countries um, that have stopped the deployment of 5G because they've noted. There's just not enough evidence to say if it's harmful. In, um, I think it's France, um, they've taken Wi-Fi out of classrooms up to Mm. 12th grade. Wow. Why did they do that? Because they thought there was enough evidence that there was harm to the children. Seven hours a day time, right? Seven hours a day. exposed to a constant load, um, they've actually banned it. Hmm. So worldwide, we're learning more and more. It seems Europe is a bit smarter than we are. Um, when, When we talk about power levels of a signal, they're about half of ours. Their transmitters are not as strong as our transmitters for cell phone. And so they are a bit more aware that there could be those dangers than the U.S. is for some reason. I, I don't know why, but they tend to be more aware. Hmm. I did not know that. Uh, I did not know that France was was removing Wi-Fi from classes yeah. and Wi-Fi routers. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Let's talk about kids for a second. What makes what makes children um, more susceptible to uh, to the dangers and and, and how and, and part two. How common is electromagnetic sensitivity across, you know, your your average household or neighborhood? Uh, okay, Sean. Um, I think kids are are very important to talk about, and this is why. Let me give you the technical stuff. We talked about the FCC before, right? Nineteen eighty six, they developed this standard. The standard is 
1.6 watts per kilogram. So the power level of the signal that's being allowed to be transmitted is 1.6 watts. That standard was based on an army, literally the army, of six-foot males. And the standard was, let's sort of replicate the skull of a man that's six foot, the, the makeup of the skin, the makeup behind the skull, and we'll allow that to penetrate no more than two inches, and we won't allow it to increase thermally by two degrees, more than two degrees. So that standard was six foot male, 1986. I like to point out at that time, I had a cell phone, but I couldn't call anybody because none of my friends had cell phones, <laughs> right? right? And all of a sudden, all of us have cell phones and we're on hours at a time. So the population that represented in 1986, the use, represented 3% of the population. 98% of the population were women, children. And casual use then was a few minutes. Now it's a few hours. Yeah. So all of a sudden, the, demogra the, the, the demographics around the use of these technologies have fundamentally changed, and so is the uh, uh, range of the, uh, uh, the spectrum of um, age. Now, why, wh what's different with a child? Well, you're talking about a, a premature skull formation. You're talking about the barriers not being quite as much. You're talking about the blood-brain barriers not being quite as much. And so all of a sudden, um, you're talking about a, a penetration of two inches increasing by two degrees for a six-year-old child, which we know the signal goes completely through. It doesn't slow down. Ugh. It doesn't find that resistance. So it goes right through the head. And so um, all of a sudden... I'm sorry to cut you off. Did they find that actually? They found that it actually oh, goes yeah. all the way through the skull? All the way through. The, uh, a young, very young child. And it doesn't uh, even slow down? Doesn't slow down. goes right through. And so now, we, now I'm going to talk a little bit about thermal versus biological. Um, thermal, two degrees throughout the head. I don't know if that's true or not. No one really knows because they haven't studied it. But we do know that the NTP was a biological change. The cancers, the tumors related, were biological, not because of the thermal impact. It was for the biological. But even worse than that, the fact that we know that electromagnetic radiation can create cancer to a cell, I don't care about. I'm really more worried about the biological, particularly how it influences the uh, neurological. You th think about it in classrooms today. I mean, they're in class for seven, eight hours a day. I said before, there's 1.6 watts per kilogram to your head is the most dangerous. I said that, right? You're talking about dot five watts in a classroom from Wi-Fi's and all the transmitters in the classroom. That's one third the power level of a Wi-Fi directly to your head seven hours a day. Do we really know the consequence of that? No, but we do know we're having behavioral problems in schools. 
we know we're having psychological problems with school anger and things of that nature. We know there's insomnia problems. We, we know there's fatigue problems. We know there's dizziness problems, memory problems, all the kinds of implications of electromagnetic radiation we know are known to be linked to our exposures. So I'm really sort of much more concerned about this impact, and of course for 5G as well, um, than I am worried about the cancer it causes. Hmm. Um, and so, um, and the infertility we talked about before, but, but it is more the chronic disease impact, the, the behavioral disorder impacts that we're seeing that I'm really worried. Because I don't think we really as a society know, we haven't put a handle on it yet, yeah. in my opinion. I don't think we really know um, what the impact is to kids. Now, you asked me another question uh, about um, electric hypersensitivity. Um, so 20% of the population is electric hypersensitive. It's been growing over the last five years or so from about 15. It's roughly considered 20. Um, of that 20% worldwide, we have a lot of data from a lot of studies that have occurred. And so we know roughly those are the right statistics. Um, we know that 80% of that, that are infected or uh, influenced are women. Hmm. It's not across the board. We know that women are more likely to be, uh, upset. I feel tingling when I put a cell phone to my head. I feel burning when I put a cell phone on my head. That's actually what they're feeling. They're, they're literally feeling the stuff you can't smell, the stuff you can't see, stuff you can't touch. It is definitely influencing the cell to the extent where they can feel it. It's almost like they're the um, canary in the coal mine to some extent. They're actually feeling stuff um, that others aren't. That is very real. So, electrohypersensitive is very real. Well, and, and I and I think that m most, if not all, of us have had that experience where you have your cell phone in your front pocket. Maybe it's just more for the guys. Uh, you have your cell phone in your front pocket, and you're just going about your day. You know, whatever, going for a walk, and then all of a sudden, your your attention is sort of directed to yeah. to to that area in your leg where your cell phone is. And it does feel a little bit tingly. And yeah. it's like, Oh, is that a coincidence that it's kind of right where I usually right. keep my phone in my front left pocket? It's not a coincidence. <laughs> it's not, it's not a coincidence. I don't know if you remember, Sean, they had these pagers when yeah. I went out you know, oh, yeah. years ago, right? You had a pager in high school. Yeah. Right. My leg hurt right where my, my, the transmitters were right. Huh. Even back then, when I was, you know, in my early 20s, I was walking around with this thing. It really hurt. Hmm. So I couldn't use my pager hmm. because I could feel it. Um, and and those those power levels were higher at that time. But there's no question uh, there is an influence to ourselves. I'll, I'll tell you a story. It's not sort of directed, but I want to tell it because we were talking a little bit about this before, about the the impact to a male and female. If if you're um, if you were in your first trimester, and you had excess exposures to RF, there was a study out of uh, uh, San Francisco recently, where they everyone was given meters and said walk around and tell me what's going on. And and of that population that did it, what they found was when heavy loads were uh, existed, you were three times more likely to have a miscarriage. 
So we know that in this non-statistically significant way, it's not big enough. They didn't have enough women that look, they looked at, but they found this small study which showed direct correlation. Hmm. Um, so that's an antidotal kind of study. Um, you can't say that's across the board legitimate. But then there was another radiologist, um, Dr. Prasad. Uh, I had him read my book uh, uh, before we published it. And he was, yeah, Radiation Nation. And and Dr. Prasad, you know, like he, he was like the first um, radiologist in the country. Uh, he's a he's truly a brilliant man. And so I, I said, read it. And in the book, I actually suggest there may be a correlation with the eggs of a womb. Uh, if you have your cell phone too close in your pocket, it may influence the cell. It, it, it may influence the cell of an egg. It may change the DNA, uh, mutate the cell in some way. Hmm. It's possible. And he said at that time, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. And, and so I said, well, thank you. Uh, and then about two years later, he called me and he said, Dan, we had a woman, a young woman come in my office and um, I was treating her and she finally had a child and it was stillborn. And we did a we did a study on the child and he said there were these mutated cells. There were multiple mutated cells and different types. And the probability of that being that that occurring was zero. So there was an event that occurred that fundamentally changed how they were doing. So there are some um, experts, brilliant people, that are saying, don't put it in your pocket because in three generations, you won't be able to make babies because yeah. you, and I don't believe that because I believe in statistics, but I do believe it does influence and it can influence. And you should be careful if you can be. It doesn't take much to take it out of your pocket and put it on the side of you. Yeah. A little bit of distance in your sight. Right. Well, and there's been there's been increasing focus. You know, I mean, I live in a bubble. I live in the biohacking bubble where everything's about performance and, and biohacking and, and awareness of the, you know, internal and external environment so that we can live optimally and, and, and be our best. And so for, you know, for me, um, it seems to be an, an increased, an increased level of awareness about ways that we can possibly mitigate these, yep. these dangers, you know, from EMF blocking clothing to, right. you know, products that, that block, um, the transmission to the harmful, um, uh, areas of the body. And, and yet until it becomes a massive problem, that's being very damaging to many, many people, it's still so, so early. Um, so I, I, th I think this is my opportunity. So given, given what we know, um, how is your internet set up at your house? Tell me about your your um your headset that you're wearing and your blue blocking glasses like what have you what if we put your money where your mouth is what have you what do you do to mitigate these these exposures well well we talked about the starting point i built my son's uh, a shielding for when they use their laptops and then um a year or two later i was reading an article about this these parents bought a six-year-old child uh, a cell phone 
And a year later, she had uh, frontal lobe cancer to the brain. And I and they kept on saying it's because of RF, it's because of the cell phone. Well, we'll never know, right? But all I kept on thinking about was you can shield those signals. And so I began expanding just beyond the laptop protection because I had the technology that can be applied um, to any device that was uh, bring, uh, being close to your body. I would never use a cell phone. I would never take my cell phone and put it close to me. I always left it at a distance. Um, and I was very careful always. But then because of that you know, story I read, I built a, a cell phone shielding. And now I use a cell phone. And I don't worry about it. It's keeping me protected. The signal can't get through. Um, so you can find devices um, that are shielding devices um, of physical equipment like cell phone, laptops, and tablets. Um, but the other stuff you got to worry about is the um, the eyes. Um, when 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 you um, look at a screen, um, it's a composite of many many lights being generated by an LED. And so an LED that's much higher in power than the sun's light when it reaches Earth. So um, when you're, when you're uh, looking at your tablet at night before you go to bed, there is um, a little switch behind your eye, a cryptochrome protein, that is the on and off switch for your melatonin. So when you're looking at the screen, this switch says, I'm not going to turn on melatonin. You're still awake. Mm. So I'm going to keep it off. Right. And so like all of a sudden, 11 o'clock at night, you've looked at your screen for two hours. And you tried to go to sleep and you can't quite get sleep fast enough. That's because the cryptochrome switch didn't turn on. Mm. It's literally true. The influence of, of the visible light, as well as electromagnetic radiation from the device itself is screwing around with the, the, the management of the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the sleeping process right. to go to sleep. Yeah. And so that's one of the things I'm going to depart a little bit. Make sure in your bedroom, it's a sanctuary. You don't want laptops. You don't want tablets. You don't want any devices that are transmitting even remotely close to you. You certainly don't want a Wi-Fi. Even that, even a Wi-Fi on the side of the wall, you do not want that. And so to answer your question, that's how I manage my house. I have a Wi-Fi um, that connects with the Ethernet ports throughout my entire house because I have Ethernet throughout my entire house. Everything is wired. I eliminate the transmission that can be occurring by any device in my house when I can. But when I have a Wi-Fi, which I have, I have it in the remotest part of the house where it's, the power levels may be high starting, but throughout the house are extremely low. Certainly nowhere near my bedroom. Um, and, and, that's, and, and that's because of the principle of distance 
Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. You know, two feet away is better. Four, four feet away. Right. And six, 12 feet is like it. You barely even. Touch right. It. Yeah. Exactly. right. Yeah, exactly. Simple distance. Right. Yeah. And, and to be sure that I got it right, by the way, I've got a $10 timer on my Wi-Fi router. It, you know, I got to bed at 10 o'clock. The, the router turns off by my little switch. Yeah. And then I wake up at six. It turns on at six. Right. So I, I eliminate it completely because, um, you really want to try to minimize all sources if you can. I, I do want to go down the rabbit hole with you about outfitting your home. Again, um, I'm moving moving out into the country um, to raise my kids in the way that I think that they deserve to. There's just yep. the, the craziness, the exposure. Just I'm, I'm just done. I'm bugging out. <laughs> so yep, yeah. I, I do want to pick your brain on that. I want to go back to another thing about the about the um, devices – uh, and the products that, that you have, uh, to help shield from RF, I've, I've read a number of places and it's been brought up on this podcast before that some of some devices that say that they shield from EMFs actually increase. And, and the, 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 the way that they describe it, the way that this has been described again, it's been brought up here is that because you're enclosing your device you're actually making it harder for your phone. Uh, so your phone actually sends out and tries to receive more signals at a higher intensity that actually increase the level of EMFs and with, with, uh, with a meter. Can you, can you speak to that? Are there products that actually do that? How does that work? So I'm going to reinforce your point that a cell, cell phones, they modulate three power levels, low, medium, and high, we'll call it. And so if you have a cell phone inside a car and a cell tower a half a block away, it can't find it because it's trying to get through the metal of the car. So it increases the amplitude of the signal. Okay, so there are many devices that claim to shield in which they hamper the signal. And so the device says, I've got to increase the amplitude to get where I'm going because I think it's far away and I'm not going to get there with lower levels. So that's where there's an interaction with the shield itself. And of course, I was aware that you got to be careful that your resistive path matches the transmission path. So if you balance that correctly, you're not absorbing anymore. That's being transmitted. So you're not adjusting the, the transmit levels to low, medium, high. So there's ways of making sure that with some precision, engineering precision, that you, you do not generate more. Although some do, we certainly don't. And in fact, believe it or not, we actually use multiple technologies to do our shielding. Uh, I'm, I'm an engineer by trade, so... I'm going to tell you what it needs to be 100%, then I'm going to double it <laughs> because, because I know I make mistakes. So <laughs> you really try to be very conservative when you, when you build the shielding uh, to make sure that, in fact, when people use it as shielding. And you'll, in, you'll appreciate this, Sean. I told you what I did for a living, right? I, I analyze technology for a living. But you can't believe me. You can't trust me. So what I actually did was I went into an FCC independent laboratory. And I said to them, test my product. You tell me what it does. And so 
you as a consumer can trust them. You should be able to trust me. But if you don't know me, you should look for independent study like that that substantiates your claim. So any claims we make on our product are not my testing. It's the testing of hmm. of an independent study uh, from certified that understand RF. They specialized in RF. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, you got to be careful about can, claims being made. Yeah. Can you tell me – I mean this I, – I, I'm – you have solutions. You've spent the time and the money right. and the planning to like create some of these solutions. Can you tell us about some of the various technologies that, that you make with Defender Shield? Well, you know, you're looking at the earbuds. Um, we, we didn't talk about uh, good, better, best. You know, um, you, when you put it farthest away, you're, you're safest at four foot or more, right? And, and then you, you yell at it and you can talk and speak a phone and, you, and people will hear you. But of course, everyone else will. So, um, so then you put it to your head, which is the worst you can do. Um, and then in the middle is the devices that have a wire from the cell phone to your head. There's still transmission emissions coming off of those wires. And, and for most of us, it doesn't bother us. But for over 20%, we're learning it does. And so what we do is we built a shielded jack jacket of wiring up to a certain part of the design, and then we converted the, the signal to an acoustical signal. And that acoustics were brought up to the ear. And that's what we do with our earbuds. Um, we eliminate any possibility of anything going in towards the brain because it is the brain we're trying to protect. Right. There's no question about it. it the the wireless uh, earbuds is basically, right? I see you like changing your posture, getting ready for this question. Because <laughs> like I've explained this to a couple of people and I don't know anything about anything. But I've, I've said, hey, listen, so you're now you have a wireless earbud in both of your ears that are talking to each other. And what's in the middle of that signal? Well, that's your brain, right? <laughs> right. Tell us about the issues from I, I will. Okay. So like I get so excited about people not understanding this. And this here's some facts. If you're a concussed individual, which half the population is almost, your blood-brain barrier is suppressed. Uh, it's down. It's, it's not protecting the inner brain. And now you take a cell phone, which in and of itself suppresses the, uh, the front, uh, the blood-brain barrier. Okay, now we know that for a fact, right? What protects the brain is the blood-brain barrier, even from electromagnetic radiation. Remember 1.6 watts per kilogram we talked about before? Well, 1.6 watts per kilogram is... Um, a cell phone directly to your head. That's the maximum it can be. If you were to go Bluetooth, which all the devices you're talking about are, it's dot five watts per kilogram. Dot five watts. One third the power level, basically, of a standard cell phone. Okay, if you have a blood-brain barrier down because you're concussed, we know dot one watts per kilogram can mutate a cell in the frontal lobe. 15 times less the power level. 
Now, this study was not statistical. In other words, we didn't have 10,000 people we checked. But in this study, they found that there was influence to the frontal lobe cells at dot one watts. And so you got to be nuts to put those earbuds on having a Bluetooth signal passing from one side to the next. It's energy. It's physical energy going from one. It's like a piece of concrete. It's going right through the concrete. It's physical energy. And what's the impact to your cells? Uh, hopefully none. Mm. But if I was going to be conservative, I'd say you should be careful about using that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and and that goes to, you know, I had a yoga teacher who came in us on, uh, on Monday night and showed me this wrist thing she had on. And she said, oh, look what I just got. And I said, what are you, crazy? Yeah. That's a Bluetooth transmitter. And it's constantly transmitting. You know, like, get it off you. Yeah. And it's like, think about what it's doing. Now, they have some that periodically transmit in a cyclic form, which may be good. But hers was 24, you know, was pinging all the time. Right. Yeah, that that that's the, I want to talk about that for a second. That that especially in this community with, with trackers and everybody. Oh yeah, of course. You know, that's every, where it's all coming from. I think everybody except for me has had a tracker because it just didn't pass the like. It didn't feel quite. I mean, I wear I wear a watch, but I don't wear an iWatch. I don't have a Whoop strap. I don't have a yeah, Fitbit. Right. I just don't. I just I just it has never really. I don't really care how many steps I took. Do I feel good? Cool. Right, <laughs> like, right. Like, right, exactly. Did I exactly. get my 10,000? I don't know, but but my body feels good, right? Right. Well, well actually, I'm going to take that a little bit farther. I work with clinics, and um, we think biometrics are very important to monitor. That's how you can tell um, how the body's responding to environments. And the some of the clinics, one particularly I work with, uh, the uh, – the uh, 2K Pen Pinnacle Health uh, Clinic, they, they actually deal with taking electric hypersensitive that have been impaired and get them resilient. Mm. And so we were looking for biometric tools. We wanted to know a 24-hour cycle. We wanted to know the uh, heart variance at night. We wanted to know the heart variance during the day. And we found it actually interfered with with the um, biometrics. Huh. So it was like, we want to do it, but we're not going to do it. The tool, we know it. The tool, the tool itself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. The tool you're using to measure your heart rate variability 24-7 is actually <laughs> affecting negatively right. your heart right. variability. Yeah. yeah right. I, it... it uh, I, it's 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 a, it's a funny place to be because you do want to have biometrics. You do want to know if you're of sleeping. Course. But if you're sleeping with a whoop strap, and, and it's measuring like how much you move, and it's measuring your your heart rate, and and it's sending you sort of an idea that you had like four or five REM cycles last night. Well, that's that's, right. that's fairly <laughs> useful. But if I'm just baking myself in Bluetooth right, exactly. all the time and it's constantly sending signals to my phone from my wrist to my phone da, 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 all day long, is that really worth it? Right. And and uh, you know better than anyone else. When 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 you have impaired sleep, the um, the cycles, the circadian rhythm cycles start getting disrupted. And I talked about the cryptochrome pro uh, protein before, right? 
there's a cascading problem beyond that, right? Think about it. now, of course, you're not sleeping quite as when you should have. Are you getting into the deep sleep that you're looking for? Um, is your mitochondrial being recovered at night as a result of that? Right. And all of a sudden, this is cascade of problems oh, yeah. just because you had to look at a screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your mitochondria isn't working effectively. You're not you're not making muscle. You're not burning fat because you're not <laughs> right. actually like resting. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, that that I mean, thank you for confirming that. I, it makes me feel. It makes me feel. It validates what what I what I have, you know, what I have thought and believed for a while is like it. You're still like an aura ring, right? Like, yeah, they're cool. I get it. I I mean, I like gadgets too. Yeah, but, right. Exactly. But if I have this like this, it's essentially well. Let's let's take it this way. You know, when I when I follow the work of you know Jack Cruz, um, um, just rebel like i've heard him talk about like you shouldn't wear metal like ever you shouldn't have right. earrings you shouldn't wear bracelets because basically yeah. it's 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 increasing antennas. right yeah, we antennas. are antennas are we not when you talked about yeah. like your um, capacitor right our pores right our pores are are receiving right these you're, capacitor. you're absorbing the energy and 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 part of me wants to go into like the the woo a little bit to talk about chakras and energy transference and and metaphysics and but i'll hold off on that maybe that'll be part two the sort of spiritual implication uh of all of this but um what what's your take on on even like wearing metal or 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 you know earrings and bracelets and stuff like that as like a creating a trans transduction so Actually, metals are sort of a, 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 a really interesting space. Um, there is the wearing of metals. And guess what a biomarker is for electric hypersensitive? Copper-zinc ratio imbalance. It's metals imbalances. It is, there's a focus of metals right down to the center of the chest where the heart is. And if you're a hypersensitive, electro-hypersensitive, many have pain in those areas. It's a, the metals are, the internal metals are attracting mm. you. And so, and or rather the imbalance of metals are um, uh, problematic. And so, um, uh, so met, metals play a very important role, ratio, metal ratios would play an important role. And if you were sick as a child and you had um, shots to uh, protect you from the pollen in the air, they had carriers, aluminum carriers within those those things. And then you have the accumulation of those carriers in the body. Mm. So there's a lot of stuff that can contribute. Um, um, and metals are one of those things. I, I want to get back to a little something. W with the uh, We actually, that clinic actually, we 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 actually went to the manufacturers and we have them turn off that function and they only they 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 do occasional every hour ping hmm. not every second ping believe it or not the data means the same yeah right so there's a little bit of modification you can do and you can create products that actually uh. can bring you value but you're certainly not communicating with the cell phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You're controlling that transfer data. And so there's ways around some of this stuff. But um, 
you really have to be uh, cautious because I know electric hypersensitive people who actually were becoming stressed as a result of the use of this stuff. Oh yeah, they really got stressed. Yeah, I I I have not I have not I, I'd be curious about the way that you sort of test for EMF sensitivity because I I think both my wife and my kids are both. EMF sensitive. I mean, my kids are EMF sensitive because they're seven and four. And I think that, I think that, because here's, and this is so simple, it's so basic, dumb, dumb Sean. Unplugging the Wi Fi router at night was a practice right. that, that we started to do recently, not recently. Yeah, it's been about a year and a half since we've sort of gotten right. into the habit of right. that. And, and as soon as we began, my wife found that she had more restful sleep at night. Right. And in the morning, she didn't wake up really tired. And then she'd right. get up and like turn on your turn on her phone to like do whatever her thing is. And she's like, "Did you unplug the? Did you unplug the Wi-Fi again?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. I'll go. I'll go plug it in." And I was like, "You're mad at me because you can't access your phone right now, but <laughs> you got a better night's sleep last night. I know you did. I know you did, didn't right. you?" And she's like, yeah, "Actually, I do feel better." So like, um, where was I going with that? Um, how how do we how do we know? Who is how, how can we measure for electromagnetic sensitivity? So I want to answer a question. Uh, I want to change the subject on you. Good. Um, back to where you were before. I had a podcast and there was this lady I was talking, really, really bright lady. And I said, your bedroom's your sanctuary. Get everything out. You heard me say that before. And um, take the cell phones out, the laptops. You do not need any of that those devices. Take that clock. That's a foot away from your head and move it four foot away. Or get a bigger one so you can see it at night, but do not put it close to the bed. And she was very polite. Oh, thank you so much for letting me know those details. She didn't believe a word I said. And so about three or four weeks later, she calls me up and she says, my husband and I are sleeping. She realized that her rest and her husband's rest were directly correlated with taking those devices out of their bedroom. It really does make a difference to all of us. Mm. And when you, you clean up that sanctuary. And by the way, that's probably more the most important sanctuary there is because you need that sleep cycle for recovery. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, simple stuff. Yeah. Makes you protected. Now, um, there are ways of identifying uh, electric hypersensitive. Um, in the worst case, I'll tell you the worst case. Uh, in uh, Dr. Court, who had the uh, uh, 2K uh, Pinnacle Health uh, Clinic, he had a patient who was an electrical engineer and worked for a large firm. He literally had to come in on a wheelchair. He was that debilitating. And Dr. Court looked at him and ran his tests and concluded you're electric hypersensitive. And so how is that correlated? Well, you have the pineal gland that's controlling balance um, that's been impaired. There's, you look at the thyroid and the impacts. So there's a lot of things you can look at. And he had, in worst case, a patient come in who literally couldn't walk. And then to recover, it took almost nine months almost nine months because it wasn't just the body that was out of control. Believe it or not, it was his brain that was out of control. I often tell the story, 
he was walking and his brain pattern was asleep. He was sleeping and his brain pattern was awake. Alpha, beta, all those kinds of things were disrupted from the cell phones, maybe. The, in his case, it was heavy-duty alternating current uh, environment, very heavy. And so um, it took the, a combination of bouncing the brain itself and then dealing with the gut, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about immune. His, he had immune problems. He had many problems. But it, it took uh, sequential effort by Dr. Court to take that patient and balance brain and body, hmm. mind and body, to actually help that person recover. Yeah. And they've done a wonderful job. Yeah. So what's that look like? Some neurofeedback and a fecal transplant. Right. And yeah. But, but, but so what they did was, I don't know if you, you heard of brain tap. I, I love brain tap. No. Uh, brain tap, Dr. Porter uh, created a, he's been in this business for 35 years, um, a, a PhD in, in, in brain function. And he came up with brain pattern um, stimulation using um, uh, light and tone. And so he's like redirecting the brain pattern to go from night to day and day to night, depending on the thing, through the programs he's using. And so um, that was used with the patient early on. And then what they did was, have you heard of Wabi? Yeah. Okay, Wabi, it measures resistance from point to point. Mm -hmm. It's looking at the um, conductivity between the frontal lobe elements, right? And if you're a moody kind of person, they can measure it and see the difference exactly where that mood is coming from. <laughs> yeah. And so they balance their work with the brain along with measurement to try to track the changes. Hmm. And, uh, and so, um, it's important that in those worst cases that they had ways of not only identifying, but tracking the improvement of the a patient. Um, and so the other extreme is that, um, it hurts when you put a cell phone to your head. Doctor, doctor hurts when I put a head. Don't put it to your head. Don't put it to your head. Okay, right. <laughs> So, so I'll ask you a question. Um, is your wife, if she smells gas or perfume, is yes. does she? Okay. Very so sensitive. Now you know definitively, 99.9% .9 of the time, if you're electromagnetic radiation hypersensitive, you're multiply chemically sensitive. The, the gases, the, uh, uh, the gases fumes, the noxious fumes right. um, are responding and this, the body's responding in the same way. 98.99% of anybody, 99.9% .9 of everyone who's electric hypersensitive is multiply chemical sensitive. Yeah, wow. Very simple way of knowing that. Yeah, I mean, we, we've gotten away from using fragrances in my house for, yeah. you know, 10 years, you know, we, we were way ahead of it and she's always been sensitive. You yeah. know, we don't, we don't use, we use fragrance free everything, shampoo, right. you know, right. Uh, laundry detergent, etc., and 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 it yeah it gives her a, gives her a, a headache, even if somebody just walks by us on a walk down the neighborhood street that uses Tide yeah. and bounce dryer sheets. It's just yeah. like oh, we just get punched yeah. in the face by this fragrance. Yeah. So yeah, well that, that... It, it, it is your body's reacting. It, it's a danger response of the cell. Yeah. That's what it is. 
And so, um, and I always tell a cell's a cell. They don't react differently to a toxin. Hmm. You're talking about one toxin versus radio frequency, which is external environmental toxin. Wow. Well, I want to make sure that I have plenty of time to get to dip into <laughs> help help you since I've got you. Uh, I want I'd love your help to not only direct my attention to some resources where I can learn more, but also to help me think about how I should be setting up my new house um, from from an electrical standpoint to minimize um, EMF exposure. Like what if you I'm, I'm moving into a house that hasn't been updated in a while. I'm going to make a bunch of renovations. It's uh, oh, that's good actually right. because if you're if you're renovating, run CAD six Ethernet wiring throughout the entire house. If you're renovating, CAD six. Every device, your 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 control box uh, to your TV, the the uh, uh, has an Ethernet connection and it has a Wi-Fi connection. Plug an Ethernet connection into it. You don't need a transmitting Wi-Fi. Um, and so when you you have TVs today that work on applications that drive the TV image, right? You don't need coaxial cable. Download an app to the TV, and that uh, the uh, Ethernet CAD six carries the the signal to the TV, and it gets converted. So all of a sudden, all these transmitters that are in the room, and and Sean, I, I you may have heard me talk about bees in the room. One bee won't kill a thousand will. The idea is. Think of um, a cell phone transmitter, uh, any device transmitter, as a B. Your your cell phone transmits three it has three transmitters. It has a a Bluetooth, a Wi-Fi, and a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Why why do you have Bluetooth on? Why do you have Wi-Fi on if you're not using them? Right. By by turning them off, you take three and you make it one. Move it away from you, it's even better. So the whole idea is to minimize the bees in the room. Um, and so when you run the CAD 6, all your multimedia stuff is now wired. Did you say that you had is, – is that what you just explained to me? Or or earlier you mentioned that you said that you had a Wi-Fi that talks to the Ethernet. You have like a signal where the Wi-Fi sends a signal to the Ethernet or are we talking all, about the same thing? All, all, all Wi-Fi uh, boxes – have transmitting Wi-Fi. On the back, they have Ethernet plugs, ports, ports. Right. So, so, what about for more? What about for more? Like the lap, the MacBook Pro that I'm that we're talking on right now doesn't have an Ethernet port. Do I just get a conversion? convert it? Convert it. Right. You can, yeah. Right. Like you're talking to me. I have a laptop, which is an oxymoron because I never put a laptop in my lap. Yeah. Right. I, and I have an Ethernet connected. It can go Wi-Fi, but I don't have that. I could turn my Bluetooth on, but I don't. I just wire my um, my monitor, my uh, keyboard and my mouse directly to the laptop. I eliminate all those transmitters. I'm looking at you with the screen, not the screen on my laptop, because I have that about three foot away from me. Uh, I have a screen that's about one and a half foot. There's less than 10 milligauss coming off of my screen. So I'm pretty safe. Got it. 
So okay, okay. So then when when do you just you ran Ethernet to what all the rooms in your house? Every room in the house. And is it Every just room. right next to your like typical uh, one ten outlet, or is it above it, or just kind of strategically? I I ran parallel um, outlets to Ethernet ports for watching television. I intentionally did that because I do not want Wi-Fi in the room. Right. And and so. Um, that's what I did. I, I hardwired essentially. Yeah. Anywhere you can hardwire. It really keeps you safe. And by the way, Sean, don't worry about the things you can't hardwire because you've already reduced the number of bees in the room. Hmm. You're getting pretty safe just by simply taking basic actions like that. What about, what about like dirty electricity and, you know, like the, the super enforced mesh screens and walls? I mean, I've gone down the rabbit hole uh, based on a couple of ever, other episodes that I've heard where you could, I mean, you could easily spend 50 grand, 50 grand, like yeah. minimizing the electrical, you know, toxicity in my house. You, you know, I, I was I was talking about um, the sanctuary of the bedroom and um, there are devices that can take all the electrical flow into that room and get cut at night, not from the main panel, but from uh, f working with close to the main panel. So you can control it by turning devices off. Most of the time, you do not need that. Most of the time, if you're cautious about your current flow, that is, you don't have a lot of lights running somewhere with the wires running around your room, you're pretty safe. You're, th these are pretty safe spaces. I don't even recommend meters. What I recommend is being aware. Be aware of where the sources are. Uh, if, you, if you have um, uh, your electrical box terminated on your bedroom wall on the outside, move your bedroom. Yeah. Simple as that. Right. 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 When, when you say meters, do you, are you talking about like, like, like handheld meters devices or like actual meters in your home to, to measure? No, the, the, the meters that you walk around with and Test. look for. Yeah. I, because they scare people. Um, yeah. And they don't really give you anything that's useful to know. And they're orders of magnitude. Un, it's orders of magnitude in error. Oftentimes, they're not they're not calibrated pieces of test equipment. Got it. So it really it, it scares you more than it benefits you. Huh. When all you really have to do is turn the Wi-Fi off at night. Yeah. Make sure there's no clock next to you four foot away. Make sure there's no devices transmitting in the bedroom during the day. In your office space, yeah, don't worry about it too much. Make sure your route is ten foot away and more. Actually, I think it should be in other rooms in the corner of the house. But don't go panic. Just make sure you manage the space you're in. Got it. Got it. Yeah, my my all my wheels are turning as I as I move out to the country and tr try to make decisions that are that are. I want my house to be biohacked. I want I want it to be. I want yeah. it to. I want my environment to be as as minimally damaging right. to me and my babies as, as it could right. possibly be. And, you know, when you say just manage it at night, I absolutely hear that. That's where that's, that's biggest bang for your buck. You know, we're, we may be looking at homeschooling, um, going forward just because, uh, I don't want my kids to be in, in classrooms wearing masks and not being able to touch their friends. Yeah. And so yeah. I, we may be, we may be making that choice for the fall. And in so doing, we're going to be in the house a lot and we're going to be using resources 
um, right. online. And that's where that's where Ethernet comes in. Yeah. Right? right. Everyone Ethernet connected, and it's really pretty safe. Right. Well, that's 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 really encouraging because I was thinking um, I was beginning the research phase and thinking, oh my god, I'm going to spend what am I going to spend to 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 mitigate the 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 electrical exposure. You know, we don't, we don't, yeah. use... the, the, those things on the wall all the way around you become a Faraday cage and then you have a transmitter within the room. It's transmitting, making it worse. Right. And then finding a path to the wall, which by the way, oftentimes are not very good anyway. Mm. So like, you don't need that. You don't have to get that elaborate. You good. really don't. Oh man. Just good management is really what you need to worry about. That's, that's, that's really encouraging. Really encouraging. Ah, uh, you just gave me great peace of mind, man. I'm like sitting here thinking, okay, good, okay, I got this. I just need to hardwire everything for Ethernet. Obviously, I can yeah. use the I can use Wi-Fi if absolutely necessary, but but generally, of yeah. Um, what? And if you have Wi-Fi, make sure it's in the farthest part of the house. They go 250 foot. Yeah. So like you're pretty safe of being able to connect if you want to. Right. But it's transmitting at a very safe level to your family. Got it. Um, yeah. What what question what what topic or question did I not ask that 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 I should have? Um, you should have asked me wh wh why you're driven to do that and describe ways of dealing with what you're we're talking about. You're the you're the architect of your own destiny. You control your environment. You do not want to rely on the federal government to control your environment. Not that they don't. They don't intentionally try to destroy your life, but politics gets involved. There's a lot of things that mucks things up. So ultimately, you end up being the decision maker, and you're the one who actually controls your environment. You are not a victim. You're the architect of your own destiny. So you want to think about that when you do this stuff. It's not complicated. It's not – you're not going to die from it. Um, don't panic at all about any of this stuff. Everything in your environment can be reduced to a space in which you're pretty safe, you and your family, and think of it that way. When you hear 5G, don't start panicking. Figure out how you're going to deal with it. Um, what, are, what are you going to do in your environment? I had uh, Dr. Court. He called me up and he said, I have this splitting headache on a Saturday morning. And he said, something's changed in my, I came up to this place and my head's really hurting. I said, well, I don't, I don't know what you got going on there. Then I said, well, obviously something's changed. And I said, go to your router and turn it over and tell me what you see. He had a 5G router. He really had a 20 gigahertz transmitting broadband services to his router. I said, turn it off. Turns it off. Two hours later, he's fine. So you control your destiny. You what? What? I think every. I think all of us now are going to go look at our routers to see <laughs> what the heck it says. Like what? What did it say? Like could, could, does it say on there twenty gigahertz or does it say five well, G? Well, you you, you got to be careful, right? Because routers work in two dot four and five dot six gigahertz. When when we talk about the small site cell tower. 20 gigahertz that's like 10 times faster so when you look at your wi-fi and it says you see a 5g that's five gigahertz not five fifth generation so you got to make sure when you look at it it's not the generation part 
It's the giga part. Does it? Doesn't it usually? Isn't the gigahertz usually like GHZ or something instead of? Right. Yeah. You got to really look at it to make sure. <laughs> you, you know, clear. I'll tell you. For everything that you know, that that you have, you have every justification for freaking out about. You're not. You're telling us not to freak out, and that is so right. encouraging. Like, yeah, listen, guys. Just, like, right. keep calm. Control right. what you can control. Like I right. love, I exactly. love, and I love don't that. and don't worry about the rest of it. Honestly, like I worry about the like for example, I do worry about the five five G cell site, a small a small cell site. The twenty gigahertz, I know, mucks around with oxygen molecules. I know, I know that from some some research. Um, will it impact me on a service I get? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know yet. No one knows yet. If anybody tells you they understand what is going to happen, they absolutely don't understand physics. They don't understand the medical implications. They simply do not understand it. Um, given I said that, though, if I have a small cell site in front and I know it's at 20 gigahertz and I have no choice about it, my bedroom's in the very back of the house. It's not in the front of the house. I'm going to go far as I can away from that and I can control that. Um, I'm not going to have devices turned on because I don't want the MIMO multi in multi out beaming coming from the devices. So I just turn things off and I don't have that problem. Yeah. So you really start managing the technology that's in your environment when it's there. You know, even, even that is, is sort of a revolutionary idea, honestly, like, like for, to think, to just think that, well, it's five o'clock my work day is done. I'm no longer, you know, everyone's working remotely, so I don't have to work. My work day's done. I can unplug the Wi-Fi. Heck, I'm going to go for a walk around the block. I'm not I mean, not going to bring my phone, and I'm going to actually turn my phone all the way off. Actually turn the phone off right. for yeah. like an hour or two and right. and unplug the electronics in my house right. so that they're not getting getting power right. it's like man that, that that's that's really out there that's right. really out there dan when i get home at night i have my cell phone i put my cell phone right at the front door when i walk in and i walk around the house and if it rings it rings i hope i get it but sometimes i don't because i don't move quick enough but i am taking that transmission and putting it where it doesn't bother me or my family yeah Wow. Simple stuff. You are you are you are you telling me that you're not walking around inside your house with your cell phone in your pocket? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Whoa. Truth be known. <laughs> Whoa. Man, you are a man, you're ahead of your time. I go extreme. Yeah, I'm going you're extreme. Really, you're really taking this really far. Uh and we joke about it, but we joke about it, but so many of us are just absolutely glued, just glued to our phone. Every, every and we've done, we've done uh, episodes before around like cell phone etiquette and hygiene and making sure that you're not, you know, checking Twitter every eleven minutes and right. you know every time there's a break in a conversation and so forth. Yeah, now that that that's that's phenomenal. Well. Um, before before I ask the fill in the blank question that uh, that I ask for for each of my guests here at the very end, where can people learn more about the book? Where can they connect with you and and learn more about Defender Shield as well? Um, go to defendershield.com, and we have a blog 
that we keep pretty much up to date that talks about everything going on in the industry. So if you want to find something out about what's going on with 5G, it's not unlike unlikely we won't have some information in that blog. We keep it current as much as we can. We have a learning section. When we talk about ADHD, when we talk about um, allergy symptoms, when we talk about all those correlated stuff, I actually break down the data. So you can see the study work that occurred that captures that link. So if you just simply want to learn a little bit about um, electromagnetic, electromagnetic radiation and you go to our learning section, we have that. We have information on the NTP, National Toxicity Program Study, uh, the Ramazani study. We, we try to give everyone as much information as they can because I keep always tell you don't need to buy my stuff to be safe. Well, you need to be safe because you're aware. And so, however, if you're like me, I'm not going to put my cell phone down. I, I need it for my business. We have devices to protect you from, um, from laptops, uh, cell phones. Uh, we even have blankets um, where we have shielding and blankets. It's a floating ground, actually. And um, electric hypersensitive, believe it or not, um, when their environments, they're uneasy a little bit. They put on our blanket and they, they calm down. Mm. They literally calm down. So we're finding the electric hypersensitive even finds more than just the shielding itself. It's a floating ground for them as well as yeah. the shield. Wow. So we, we have a lot of products like that. We have, I was so concerned, like you're using, wearing earphones. I've been developing earphones for probably nine months that are acoustical coupling earphones. And you're going to have overhead. And the, and what prompted me to do it was I was at a conference and um, autism uh, organization was there. Kids who have artistic can't put stuff in their ears. Yeah. But, but they can over their ears. Uh, without stuff going inside. So we've been developing those for the last several uh, months and we're almost finished with that. Cool. So we try to give every sort of protection. And of course we talked about blue blocking light. I actually believe it's far more important than most people think. Yeah. Because it is the window to your brain through your pineal gland. And we're learning it's disruptive. Yeah. And, um, and so you really do want to make sure that um, you find protection. So obviously you don't have the pre premature macular degeneration or dry eye or any of that kind of stuff um, because it goes far beyond those things. Right. And it's long term. So we have a whole class of products we sell there that uh, blocks the blue light. 50% and 100%. 50% during the day, 100% at night. So we have a full gamut of anything that you – hopefully need for protection of your personal uh, body. Yeah. Well, it's time, it's time, time to stock up. Uh, that's one thing that we didn't talk about was grounding. Um, oh. and, and that's, that's my bad, but the fact that, that, that you've created a product that's a floating ground yes. just blew my mind just to th that it doesn't have to be plugged into the wall to be grounded. Doesn't in. need to yeah, be. Yeah. Wow. Right. Your cell What's phone has of? a float, a cell phone has a floating ground. It wouldn't work. One side's positive, the other side's negative. If it doesn't flow, it doesn't work. 
So it's a floating ground. And so we create products that are just floating ground. And we talked about before a capacitance of the body. We, we haven't talked too much about it. But your body absorbs energy. When, when you were a kid, had socks on, uh, wool socks, and ran across a rug and then touched uh, a, 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 a knob on the, on the door, you got shocked. Well, your body was absorbing that static energy, right? Where did it go? Well, into your body until you touched the metal. And so that's what your body is doing in general. So those who are um, electric hypersensitive particularly find that grounding helps. So you go to the beach and put your feet into the sand and you feel better, yeah, right? right? It's almost the same thing, right? You, you, there's a natural grounding that's occurring, not too fast, not too, too little. Uh, when you work on stuff and you have a ground on your, your uh, workspace, that's probably okay, but I don't like grounds on beds for because it's it's not floating and it's absorbing and drawing the the emissions within the environment towards you. Uh, so you got to be careful. You're not creating what you think you're solving. Um, oh, so anyway, even, I didn't even think about that. I didn't yeah. even think about the fact that it's funneling, <laughs> it's funneling right. wireless, it's funneling RF through RF your body. Likes ground, right? It looks for ground into the into the grounding mats or whatever that you have right. underneath your mattress, into the wall, and then down into the ground below your house. I didn't even right. think about that. Wow. Yeah, you got to be careful about that. Stuff. Versus a floating ground, which is which is protectant in nature. Is it, it by very. Is it protectant or is it, is it, is it, is it, is it pulling in and then sending off? It becomes a resistive path to energy. Got it. We're taking the energy and we're converting it to heat. Literally. Huh. So energy is energy, right? You hit a rock, the rock bounces as much as energy you had from the rock that hit it. Energy was transferred. We transfer the energy. Hmm. And it's so minuscule, you don't even know it. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, that, that, this, uh, <laughs> I, I'd love, I'd love to book you for a part two where we can talk <laughs> about, you know, biological energy and we can talk about, you know, our, our pores as portals and our chakra systems and, and how important it is to ground. Yeah. I, hopefully you'd, you're willing to come back to do. Yeah, of course. I, I'm really passionate about the biological impacts Yeah, because I really do think that's probably the most important for us to understand because it does have the greatest impact. There's a real reason kids are having problems in school yeah. and it's growing. Yeah. And we need to understand those are biological changes that are occurring. And we, we need to be aware of that it's environmental and we can control it. Yeah. Well, so yes, I'll come back. Well, good. I'm gonna bug you as soon as we're right after we're done. I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna let you go. You're gonna be like, oh man, sorry, I did Sean's <laughs> Mistake. show. Mistake. Yeah, jeez, this guy's all over the place. He's so aggressive. Uh, well, then let me let 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 let's let's finish off. Um, so it's DefenderShield.com. Any other places where people can connect with the work? The blog is, well, is a good resource. Yeah. The, the blog is a resource. We have a learning section um, that we maintain, and we also have all the um, um, all the media we do is there, which is oftentimes informative media. Um, we actually spend a lot of effort in trying to educate. Um, yeah. and yeah, so it's clear. 
Yeah, uh, defend again, um, Radiation Nation. I always recommend reading Radiation Nation. We took a complex subject matter yes. and made it simple so everyone could understand it. You did. Your editor had their work cut out for them. Whoever, I mean, it, it, we had to do it. You had to do it yourself. It, yeah, yeah. Because it is, it is so. I'll, I'll hold it up for those of you on YouTube. You can see, you can see the book cover. It is so accessible. It, you really did take a massively complex. I mean, I'm a dumb guy. You took a super, super complex um, uh, topic and really boiled it down and made it accessible to, for people. And so I, I really appreciate that because I, I was able to make sense of a yeah. lot more than I did that I sort of knew about sort of um, peripherally. But now I have a, a clear clear vision on. Okay. So then, um, for this last question, it's a fill in the blank question. Um, take as much time as you'd like to, to, to answer it and be as thorough as you'd like. Um, and this is based on everything that, you know, this isn't necessarily specific to RF or EMF exposure or anything like that. But if you would fill in the blank, please, everyone would benefit from knowing that family is more important than anything you do. It's really true. Sean, you'll be on your deathbed. You won't think about your podcast. You'll think about your family. Uh, those were the people around you. Your family and friends are far more important than you can believe. And think about it as if you're on your deathbed. Mm -hmm. And you'll see this podcast with Dan DeBorn didn't mean anything. It was your wife and kids. That's most important. Yeah. That's my parting message. Beautiful. Daniel, thank you so much for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thanks so much for inviting me. I appreciate it, Sean.